Get ready. Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Voiceover guy crushing it per usual. Thank you for the introduction. This week, the cut line is going to break down the Wells Fargo Championship at TPC Potomac, Maryland. So, what does that mean? We lose out on Quail Hollow, the Beast, the Green Mile is absent, and we get a new course to dissect. But before we get into the details of this tournament, hello Canada, hello USA, hello UK plus. Give a shout out to our lone listener in Turkey. Even bigger news for the cut line. We're available on the internet. That's right. The internet on your computer, on your phone, on your mobile devices that have access to any Wi-Fi signal, cellular signal. So if you like what the cut line provides. Hey coach, listen to this. English Bulldog, one testicle, $500. Wow, for that kind of money, you think you'd get two testicles. Don't you think? Welcome back. Now, if you're new to the show, been and if you just flat out hate the show why are you still listening quiet numbskulls i'm broadcasting fun times i'm your host michael cavalunas at lunas on twitter and we we be on all your favorite stations from google play itunes stitcher soundcloud interact with us at cutlinegolf.com with all your stats picks plays book plays vegas odds Grab a Coke and a smile, and you can message texting and sexting on Twitter at Lunas, L-I-U-N-A-S. And Tiger Woods is already practicing for the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Not quite sure anyone else is there, but this seems fair, right? The cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Wells Fargo Championship, and I'm going to do the best I can... You're going to be Benjamin's monkey boy the rest of your life? Is that it? Benjamin's my friend. No. Benjamin is no one's friend. If Benjamin were an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines and dick. It's okay! To give you the best opportunity to cash big on Sunday, be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And as always, the goal of the cut line is to bring you cashing lineups, smashing lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names. And we're making sure that your wallet, your satchel, your purse, your handbags, everything is flowing with the positive ROI. 
but I can't do this without Fanshare Sports. Fanshare Sports is the premier destination for DFS ownership and stats analysis. Go to FanshareSports.com. Easy fix to get it cheaper for you. In the discount code, write the word CUTLINE. You'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. So we're going to jump in right with our analysis of the Wells Fargo Championship. This tournament includes past winners such as J.B. Holmes, Roy McIlroy, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Lucas Glover. But all those winners came from a different course, believe it or not. This week we are at TPC Potomac thanks to the fact that Quail Hollow is going to be hosting something else just down the road. We'll break down that in September. But long story short, Potomac. Didn't take long in 2019 for Potomac to get elite recognition for Golf Digest, who spoke highly about the course changes, placing it as one of the top courses to play in Maryland. And per usual, the easiest scoring holes are found on the par fives. But guess what? There's only two. Two par fives that this course is short. But let's be realistic, guys. Just because it's short doesn't make it easy. This course has some teeth. If you take away Molinari's win in 2017, we are playing at plus strokes gained plus strokes gained of course the par 4 11th played 1.5 strokes above par in 2017 so stanley and molinari were the winners of those weekend and stanley just scored minus seven when molinari dominated the field at minus 21 under par and to be fair moly did win the tournament by eight strokes he simply crushed so it wasn't that the course wasn't playing difficult it just wasn't playing difficult for him one of the narratives this week will be approach shots in that range from the 150 to 200 yard uh, yard range. The long par fives and seven par fours that will range over 450 yards are going to be the starting point for plenty of rosters and sports book choices. Distance, while mitigated off the tee, will come massively into play on approach shots. Another key aspect is going to be the success on par threes. Both winners through all four rounds failed to be penalized on any of the par threes. And while I'm not weighing this heavenly, it does have some merit. Two of the par threes are over 200 yards, and one of the par threes on the back nine is nearly 200 yards. So while par three scoring is an indication of projected winner, it might help you make decisions on players that you're on the fence with. So players in this field do well in par threes, include Hubbard, Zach Johnson, Taylor, Answer, Hostler, Laird, Smalley, Stewart, Hatton, Jason Day, and of course, Corey Connors. Similar to Harbortown, success is going to stem from hitting fairways. If you're spraying all off the tee, it would be a short weekend. Yet, it could be one of these stats that are potentially overvalued. Looking at 2018, only two players who finished in the top 10 did the same in strokes gained off the tee. The same could be said in 2017. Now, contrary to that, only two players in 2018 rank outside the top 25 in the top 10 in strokes gained on approach. And just four outside the top 25 in 2017. So if you have to pick a stance, it would be advisable to stick with approach and tee to green game. Similar to last week, we're entering a tournament with limited information. The nice thing is we do have two years of useful, reliable data. So pay attention to what the pros are saying this week. TFC Potomac, Ed Alt, Tom Clark, Ed Sneed, Bentgrass Greens. We have about 5,000 square foot of green size and a stint meter from anywhere from 11 to 12. They're going to be faster. 7,160 yards in length and a par 70. Looking at the weather forecast this week, we are not looking at much wind until Saturday, so that's after the cut. Once you guys get your 6 of 6, you should be good to go. This should be common sense, but I do want to reinforce the fact that we are talking about TPC Potomac and not Quail Hollow. 
because of how much weight you're putting in driving distance, how many of those players who can dominate the 200-yard range. Putting can often tell us how a tournament is going to play out in 2018. Three of the top 10 players on the greens missed the cut. So this can be said in 2017. So putting is kind of get overvalued this weekend potentially. Both Stanley and Molinari dominated the field from tee to green in their respective victories. And of course, Ricky Fowler, when he was good, did well here. But you have fun with that. In terms of our approach shot model, our distribution, most shots come from that 175 to 200 yard range. And secondly, the 150 to 175. Past winners include Rory, Homa, Jason Day, Harmon, Han, McElroy, Holmes, Ernst, Ricky Fowler, but of course that was all at Quail Hollow. Stats I'm looking at, strokes gained TD Green, ball striking and approach. Strokes gained par 3, bogey avoidance, approach shot distribution from the 150 yards to 200 yard range. And of course strokes gained par 4 on 450 yard plus. Similar courses, River Highlands, Harbortown, Sedgefield, Eastlake, and TPC Sawgrass. So that's the tournament, but the question is who are we going to be playing this weekend? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment. We're going to break down each tier of DraftKings pricing and look for the best plays, worst plays, chalky plays for this weekend's Wells Fargo tournament. We're going to start in this 10K range. <clears throat> and the first thing I want to point out, from the 8K range up to the 11.5 that Rory McIlroy is at, there are two players in this field that have not won. The first being Cameron Young at $8,000, and then Matt Fitzpatrick at 10K. And that's where we're going to start. He's never won on the PGA Tour. Okay, I'm not saying that he's never going to win. I'm not saying that, right? He's 26 years old, has tons of upside, but... It's concerning that in a field of multiple winners, he's coming in at 10K, being that he's never won. And it's not a back-breaking price, but that if he finishes in top five, it'll pay off. But now here's where the risk comes in on those long par fours. Fitz has historically struggled there. And it come back to it could come back to haunt him this weekend. Where I do like him is his ability to grind, right? He he is kind of well known for 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 grinding these tougher type courses but he missed the cut at harbortown and i mentioned the correlation between tpc potomac and rbc heritage and and its home track so it's kind of curious to where ownership is now trending right now for fitz right he's about 13 to 15 percent ownership ranking pretty high in my model my overall stat model which is actually weighting historical form more than like recent form more often than less so if we were doing the more recent form like fitzpatrick would look really good he ranks 12th in the model for that regard and he's solid approach and he's solid off the tee and everything that we're looking at it's just that distance is concerning um greens and regulation ranks 46 um 46th in the field in 2022 38th in ball striking but fifth on approach so there's a lot of upside here for fitz i just don't think that first win comes here so Connors, Connors could be the chalk this week. It, it's his initial projections have him up above 26% at Fanshare Sports. I'm sure that number is going to go up just a little bit. And it's easy to roster on the cheaper end of the 10K range with Connors, right? We, we've seen this with CC all the time. He's always underpriced and it helps lineups pop. If you want to fade chalk Connors, go ahead. I've done it before. It comes back to bite you in the ass. 
Um, but he just fits the mold here. He hits fairways. He dials it in on approach. He ranks number one in ball striking in the field in 2022. Okay. So he does that very well. He's dominating my models, right? Number one in everything that I see. And, and that's enough for me to be sold on Corey Connors and kind of be locked in on him. So Abraham answer is kind of like the conundrum of the weekend, 10,400, not getting the love. Much of it is his recent form and everything of that nature. But you look at answers, recent form. Let's, let's take a look. He 42nd in the Mexico, missed the cut, in the masters missed the cut, the Valspar 33rd at the players. This is not screaming play me right in terms of recent form. Um, but he does have the like stats for the categories that we're looking here. And he's one of the better putters on bent grass greens. His ownership is suppressed because he's been so bad. And then he missed the cut. The Masters burned a lot of people with the Masters. And it hasn't left the memories of many. I'm reluctant to purchase any outrights on answer. But I am willing to play him in DFS if that ownership gets bumped up. Or I'm sorry, goes down just to get different. And Tony Finau, Roy McIlroy, not much to say. Finau looked awesome last weekend, so people are going to buy into that. And, of course, people are going to run in the narrative of best players win. John Rahm won last weekend. Why can't Rory win this weekend? So all valid, all valid. But we get into this 9K range, and Darrell Hatton really kind of makes me interested in rostering him. First of all, ownership, sub-15%. And the key for me here is that he opened at better odds than answer did. Answer opened on Bovada at 28 to 1. Terrell Hatton opened at 25 to 1. In my confidence model, he ranks number 13. My overall stat model, number 31. And that is in part that his recent form has not been pinpoint and, and surgical. And I will say this his recent approach play, abysmal. His game off the tee, brutal. He's always missing fairways. He's 120th in the field in 2022 in ball striking, but he's 22nd in approach. If we look at 2021 in this field specifically, okay, he's 30th in driving distance, 44th in fairway hit percentage, 44th in ball striking, 8th in approach, 24th in scrambling, 12th in scoring, and that's last year. I could see some positive regression here for Terrell Hatton to where all these high numbers like bogey average, bogey avoidance, par 4 scoring, all those numbers are going to go down eventually. 9-9 for Terrell Hatton here. Opening with Vegas odds, he's arguably the best player of the bunch in this 9K range. I don't know why you don't roster him if you are getting locked and loaded in here. Keegan Bradley, Russell Henley, they're going to be talked about a lot on Twitter, other shows. I, they're popping in models and they're model poppers. That's why they're going to be, you know, highly touted here. House Money just threw something out there, you know, bet them to place, bet them, bet them, you know, to show top 10, top 25. Um, that's the way to do it. I kind of agree with him. Can they hold off for four straight rounds and win? Um, not quite sure. We look back at 2017, 2018, Keegan Bradley finished in fifth, um, in 2017 while Russell Henley played here in 2017, finished 46th. And of course, Mark Leishman just above them, two top 15 finishes highlighted by that fifth place finish in 2015. So his eyesight in the course, he likes it here. Um, and ironically enough, his ownership is sub 10%. So this is most definitely a leverage play for a guy who finished at 30th place at the masters just recently, and they just don't want to play leash. And I get it. Um, but he's dialed in on approach. He's got good course history, specific Potomac. And 21st in the field in approach in 2022. 16th in ball striking. 26th in driving distance. So there's a lot to like here about Leishman. 
Then we go to Gary Woodland and Patrick Reed to round out this 9K range. Woodland is like <clears throat> hit or miss recently, right? Sometimes we are getting him at the right spot, at the right ownership. Sometimes we're completely missing. Right now we're looking at 16% ownership and the ability to carve long distances apart. He does fit this course, believe it or not. Now the issue is 53rd in 2018. Does that make you pause? I think Woodland's a high-risk play. I think he's, he's, he's valid. You could play him, but he struggled at the Masters, which course history said that he would, but did well last weekend at the Mexico Championship. A little chalky. I'd rather go back down to Patrick Reed, who is always due to bust out. Reed, one of the best bent grass greens putters in the field. Um, the issue, I guess, with Reed is we're, we're, we're coming around a lot of issues with the, with the, with the driver hitting fairways. He's going to have to hit them. And that's going to dial in as an approach. So the PXG narrative still exists for Patrick Reed. You've got to worry about that. But you look at his 2021 stats, and he's 22nd in the field in approach in 2021. Right? Still missing fairways and distant distance issues. But he can scramble. He's around the green games. Impeccable. It's a difficult course. I don't know if it's a course problem. I don't know if it's a club problem. But Patrick Reed, very interesting play to say the least. Going down to this 8K range, Paul Casey really, really perks my interest. He's not getting a lot of love, first of all. Um, sitting in a spot where, what have you done for me lately? And the answer is nothing. We haven't seen Casey since his third place finish at the Masters. I'm sorry, at the Players. And of course, his withdraw from the Masters. But six events for, the, for Casey this year. One of those includes the miscut at the Shriners. But, of course, the major narrative is, as I, as I aforementioned, the withdrawal from the Masters. The fact that we haven't seen him since he's been nursing that back injury. Back injuries in golf are never good. We're well aware of this. Yet I'm baking on some tune-up here for, for Casey as he prepares for this major run. He missed the Masters. He most definitely is going to want to compete at the PGA, compete at the Open, compete at the U.S. Open. So I, I'm going to take a chance on lower-owned Paul Casey, looking at sub-7% right now, in mass multi-injury. Max Homa is the guy that everyone loves to play, and this might be actually good chalk to fade. Homa struggles on par four efficiency, and that's that's what this track is basically all about. Uh, it makes me wonder about his max fit. My approach model has him like decently ranked, but he's 14th in the field in approach in 2022, so he looks pretty good. But this is a different kind of beast, right? We're, we're looking at par fours where your approach shot's going to be over 200 yards. So it's it's a tad different than what we normally see on tour for Max Homa. I think if he's going to be this highly owned and we're talking like 18%, 20%, I'd rather go down and see Wu Kim. And I know Siwoo is looking at two missed cuts here back in 2018, 2017, but he's the perfect GPP play, and you're just hoping that he can figure out the putter. Um like you want him to figure out for four rounds. He's he's a three-time winner on tour. But remember, she was only 26 years old, 26 years old, and he's coming into 10%. I'll take the GPP upside that Siwoo Kim gives, even with the two missed cuts. Now, I'm curious if Twitter will chat him up. And I'm hoping they're going to chat up the fact, the fact that they're going to fade him because I think he's just an excellent GPP play. And he's just one of the more polarizing names in DFS in terms of ownership. But right now, I'm on board. Seamus Power, getting a ton of love because he's really producing in everyone's models. He's a, he's a, he's a model guy. Um, 
and the fact that you can trust him on bent grass greens is an added plus. But there's a problem I see with power here. He's brutal on par threes. And it's just an easy way to ruin your round. If he's putting up big numbers on the shorties, it could easily be a short weekend or a weekend in which, you know, even after the cut, he's towards the bottom of the standings. Power, of course, is getting a lot of love. We're talking 15, 16, 17%. He's being talked up a little bit more on Twitter. I'm going to stay away. I think this is bad chalk to eat. I think there's a lot of risk here with power. And even though I love him as a golfer, not this tournament. I just don't think this is the course fit for him. Jason Day staying away. Webb Simpson, I think the course is a shade too long in terms of those par fours. But Cameron Young, he is a GPP play. Issue I have is that he's someone that's volatile in nature due to his experience and his age on the PGA Tour in terms of how long he's been playing. Coming in at nearly 15% ownership, that's a number that stays right there or gets down lower. I think I think it's something you can eat in your 150 max, but might be a fade if it gets higher in your 20 max, 3 max, and single entries just to leverage some ownership. But Cam Young, of course, getting the love. Um, looks good in the models. I won't, I won't take that away, but he's getting a lot of love for his third place finish, the RBC Heritage. Same with Cooch, man. Cooch getting a lot of love, but like, aren't we worried about strokes gained old with Coocher, right? Um, we saw it with Furyk. It was a few years ago. You know, you, it was up to like the last round when Rory run, won the players, and Furyk was right there. And we haven't seen Furyk then. You know, he's gone full senior tour. It's only a matter of time for the nine-time winner to get out of the PGA Tour and up on uh, in the senior tour, right? So we'll see. I'm going to go back to Aaron Rye. I think he looked great last weekend. Not quite sure that he's like a massive course fit here because we are going to have those long irons, but um, he's used to playing across the pond, so I could see some upside here. Finished in 24th. Was open for better. I was really all over him, but we'll see. Keith Mitchell, another model popper. He's going to be in a lot of lineups. Not much to say. Doug Gim and Brian Harmon, though, in this uh, upper 7K range. Actually, before we talk about Gim, I want to focus on the chalk of the 7k range and that's Sepp Straka. all right he's 7600 and right now projected at 20 percent ownership i'm willing to bet Sepp Straka, but i'm not willing to play 20 percent owned Sepp Straka in dfs like think about that Sepp Straka at that high ownership smells like a fade to me and i was talking about this last week like is pga is not easy and it's been way too easy recently. Like, you look at, like, Cam Champ last weekend and Aaron Wise. Both did phenomenal in terms of their projections, their standings, their models. Everyone was all on them. From a DFS standpoint, it didn't make sense because you want to fade that chalk that's so volatile. And it hit, right? It hit. It was fine. I'm not sure if they were in the perfect lineup. I didn't do research on that this week. I know Ram was, obviously. But um, it's, like, the problem with Straka. It's one of the more glaring issues is that he doesn't dominate the putter on bent grass greens. Like, if you're gambling this weekend, I'm all down for putting some cash on SEP. Yet for DFS, if this ownership's going to keep going the way it is, no, thank you. I'm not going to be rostering SEP. It just, there's so much risk there. Doug Gim, I'd like to torture myself, so we'll continue to do so. Ranks 14th in my confidence model, so I'd like to see that. 26th in my projections. Brian Harmon, two-time winner on tour. He ranks 11th in my projections model. 
looking good. When you look at the approach model, though, Harmon struggles. He ranks 86th. When you look at his PGA Tour stats, he's 23rd. So I think he's a high-risk play, but people are going to see the fact that, you know, he finished 35th at the RBC Heritage. There could be some upside here regardless of the fact that he missed the, missed the cut at the Masters. So Naismith, Merritt, and C.T. Pan, these are the next guys I want to focus on, specifically C.T. Pan. Um I'm using RBC course history as kind of a truther for this course. Very different. I don't think Harbortown comes close to be competing with Potomac in terms of difficulty. But CT won at RBC Heritage. He's excellent in that 175 to 200 yard range. And while not elite on bent grass, he could still take advantage of this weaker putting field. And he finished 17th in 2018 at the Quicken Loans after missing the cut in 2017. So he's played here before. I think the course history is going to help some of these guys, right? Because they they don't have the greens reading book anymore. It, it's going to be helpful for guys like C.T. Pan who already have strengths of their game that allow them to succeed here. Naismith and Merritt, they're more kind of like model poppers. Merritt particularly is one of those putters who putts well on bent grass greens, but he's not going to necessarily like shine in your overall stat model or approach model, but obviously if the putter gets hot for Troy, first round leader right there. So Alex Smalley, he finished top 10 last weekend, so people are gonna have some recent recent form bias. I think he's a higher risk play, doesn't really necessarily fit the mode. Cameron Davis, go ahead and bet him. Got a bet of Cam this weekend, bet Cam Davis, why not? Russell Knox, Brendan Steele, Knox let people down recently. But the next guys I wanna focus on, Poston, Hubbard, Hostler, Merritt, Harmon. Poston, Merritt, and Harmon, first of all. They all did very well at the RBC Heritage. And we've seen connections, correlations between Harbortown and TBC Potomac, uh, yada, yada, yada. But the thing I like is that these guys hit fairways, but they excel on bent grass greens. Merritt and Harmon are the bigger names, and their success at RBC is driving the potential ownership at the potential double-digit ownership, but that's easily, easily manageable, right? So your pivot here is JT Post. Um, not everyone's favorite to play, but he's won on tour before. So he is someone that I have some interest in at 7,100. Mark Hubbard is another high-risk play when you're looking at one of the better putters on bentgrass greens, but struggles everywhere else in regards to consistency. This year he's excelled, though, in bogey avoidance and does enough in approach where he ranks in the top 40 in the field in approach in 2022. Um, the key aspect I love about Hubbard is that he's been historically better on par three, like one of the better par three players on tour. So it could be a massive advantage for a guy that's only coming in at 7% owned. Bo Hostler, he's not going to pop in any models, but he's a guy who can win it with the putter. Um, I forgot who it was on Twitter. They loved him, and they were talking about betting him, betting him, betting him. So I, I hope he can put it together over four rounds. To go down in the 6K range, Steven Yeager, Zach Johnson, Ryan Army, uh, Armour, Effie Barnrat. Joseph Bramlett, Thompson, and Charlie Hoffman. I, Charlie Hoffman feels like he's like mispriced massively. 132nd in the world golf rankings. He's 6,400. Okay, he's a better golfer than 6,400. Um, you know, you look at someone like Schwartzel. Uh, doesn't necessarily fit this course, but he's 128th official world golf rankings. Um, but looking at Bramlett, Effie Bernrat, Michael Thompson, Buckley, and a key note on Brandon Matthews. I don't know if this was an error, and I'm going to assume it was an error on Bovada, but he opened up at 80 to 1. 80 to 1 on Bovada, but he was 250 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. 
But that's something I'm going to dive into, maybe tweet about a little bit more. 6,000 min-priced Brandon Matthews. Um, so we'll see if this even comes into play. We, we got nothing really to support playing him. But um, we'll do a deeper dive, get some information out there. But that's it. That's over. Let's take it home. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Wells Fargo Championship. Join us next week as we break down the AT&T Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch. And then after that, the PGA Championship is just a couple weeks away. Special shout out to Fanshare Sports. Make sure you guys are signing up for Golf Coons. That's it. It's over. Smashing cash. Later. <laughs>